Hi, I'm Maurice Young, creator and director of the series Sentient Chronicles, and you're listening to Intervention, the first story of the Sentient Chronicles series, episode one of Intervention, The Great Commission. There exists a species unlike any before it or living alongside it. So unique they can transport their environment anywhere they travel. Question is, where did they come from? Or, whom did they come from? Five thousand images in this folder. Just give me a little more time. It's ten forty-seven already, and the delegates have probably taken their seats. My boss. I know, I know. Just tell him the situation I have here. He'll understand. I'm not so sure about that. You think they may have placed it in a different folder under another heading? <sighs> Patience, please. You think that- Ah. Uh. Hmm. Got something? Hmm, nothing. Like I said, I need a little time. It's probably buried here, disguised as a bad shot. One that's smudgy or heavily out of focus. Excuse me. Hello? Yeah, he's still locating it. It'll probably be a few minutes, sir. He'll have it there shortly. I'm coming. Wait. That's it? It's a dim blur. It's a little fuzzy and underexposed, partially because it rests within the Earth's shadow. 
Several pixels from the device also seem to be scattered around the frame, disguised as faint stars in the background. Their attempt at further disguising it. But give me a few minutes and I will have it looking bright and crystal clear soon enough. Is there a date stamp? See that smudgy patch there, bottom left? You probably can't make it out, but it seems to read 12.24 a.m. March 27, 2045. It was taken two days ago. You think they recalibrated it to the correct time? Most likely, yes. Every satellite and probe that even crosses that vicinity has to be pre-programmed to compensate for any sudden time shift. Great. Look, I've got to get back to the meeting. Send the finished file straight to Mr. Pillar's bisync when you're done. I'll do that. Hmm. have the file? It should be deposited in your bisync within the next few minutes, sir. Before the meeting starts, I hope, so I can preview it. What a surprise. It's Chancellor Smith. What? I wonder what drug him up this side of the equator today. He probably wants to negotiate for control over the space station. I wouldn't doubt that. Hello, Dr. Smith. Dr. Smith, welcome. Hello. I see you again, Dr. Smith. Hi. Huh. <laughs> Seating himself right up front with the rest of us, as if he holds an official title. Minister Henderson always keeps a space available for him. That's if he ever decides to show up. Oh, he'll show up if it involves a few billion dollars in his pocket. I wonder how much his Chinese buddy over there shovels into his wallet each year. I suppose that's what the blonde assistant is for, to butter up the fat government officials, for him to easily funnel tax dollars into his pet projects. Ah, Dr. Smith, please come here. I'll take the other seat. Thanks, Vera. Dr. Smith, it is very nice seeing you again. You too, Minister Zhao. Dr. Smith, how is your son adjusting to his new school? He's becoming a little more comfortable being there. This last semester has been a little easier for him. He's getting used to being away from home, I assume. Him getting settled in is very good for my wife's sake, I'll have to say. I have also heard that your daughter has just joined one of the most influential legal firms in the United States. 
That could come in handy for you someday, huh? <laughs> well, I hope I never have to call on her anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Smith, I understand that there is currently a three-year waiting list for people interested in joining your Antarctic facility. Am I correct? Currently, there is. We always seem to have an abundance of interested prospects to sift through each term. On the other hand, it has always been very hard to encourage current inductees to turn over their posts once their terms have expired. Your aerospace facility in Nevada is also a very good place to gain more experience. And my own daughter has benefited greatly from being a part of that facility for a period of two years now. However, she has expressed great interest in joining your facilities in Antarctica. Two years, you say? Yes, and she has very much enjoyed her time being there. She has learned a lot from your instructors. Hmm. Excuse me. Vera, Sir? can you check to see if there are any recent candidate cancellations or schedule revisions within the ICE program? Yes, sir. One cancel, sir. Two months from today. Mark that as taken. Yes, sir. <clears throat> there seems to be one cancellation this May. Normally, when there is a cancellation, we would move the next person on that list up. But since your daughter has continued her residency at the Nevada facility for more than a year, she does qualify for early entry into our Intern Connect Exchange, the ICE program. That is wonderful to hear, Dr. Smith. I shall inform my daughter of your approval this evening. My daughter and I are very grateful for your hospitality. And you are very welcome. I will talk with both HR departments as soon as I am back in the air. Dr. Smith, others including myself have always been curious about why you never accept additional funding from outside contributors on any of your projects. The extra funding would lessen the risk of you using your capital reserves on research and development by spreading the overall cost among various participants. You would also benefit greatly from the added manpower and supplies your fellow contributors would bring. <clears throat> Ever since we've opened the doors to our first complex, we have been operating everything in the fashion of a well-oiled machine to this day which my other partners and I find work very well in conjunction with our other thriving ventures. Additional contributors would want their say throughout all phases of the projects, tying everything up in a kind of bureaucratic quagmire. And that's something neither of us want. We are very comfortable dealing with organizations that can agree upon a more favorable understanding with us. Yes, I see. I do respect your method of keeping a tight rein on what happens within your organizations. That alone probably contributes to your success in bringing new developments on the market and within such a reasonable time. This arrangement works very well for everyone involved with our association. I understand. We try to make it a pleasant place to live and work. I also understand that the requirements for membership are quite rigid and that only persons of genius aptitude are allowed to reside there. <laughs> Who have you been listening to? 
Reports. <laughs> Reports, huh? Dr. Smith, I am very curious. How is it that one becomes a member within your organization? Well, in what way do you think that you can contribute to our society? Huh? <laughs> Funny Dr. Smith. <laughs> Communications still have not been able to locate any additional transmissions regarding the reason Minister Henderson has called you here. And nothing else seems to be bouncing around between any of the other agencies? No, sir. Nothing at all? Only the information we've already acquired before arriving. This is very unusual. Minister Henderson has taken all measures to keep a tight lid on whatever it could be but there's got to be some back and forth buzz over this. I'm going to try something else. Tell them to back off for now. I don't want anyone to trace inquiries back to Antarctica. Thanks, Vera. <coughs> Computer, contact Control Bridge 3. Good morning, sir. How are things going with the meeting? Minister Henderson has not yet arrived so we are all waiting for him at the moment. I am sure he has a valid reason for being tardy, sir. He's a very busy man, you know. Yes, I can very much sympathize with that. Anyway, is Winston there by chance? No, sir. Winston has left the ship at the moment. He said that he'll return in approximately 15 minutes. No problem. What I really need right now is your help. We were unable to locate any information regarding my second reason for being here. Minister Henderson is being somewhat evasive about what it could be, and that kind of bothers me. I'm sure he has a very good reason for doing so, and I can reassure you that it does not involve any disciplinary measures against you, or else he would have told you before we've arrived. After all, he's a trusted friend of yours. Yes, he has proven that given his position here, but what I need for you to do right now is initiate a search for any large penalties against either the ASC or myself. The few already on the books are too small. I doubt he would want to meet with me over them. Also, try to see if there's anything mentioned of this within the Compliance and Safety Board's communication servers, as you would normally do. <laughs> sure, sir, I'll get on it right away. Remember to mask yourself by linking through the connection of some visiting reporter here and park the file within the server of some large public library someplace, titled as Aerospace Reference Material, or something like that. I have already begun. <laughs> Send the file's password and location to Vera when you're done. I shall, sir. You're a real sweetheart, Cindy. You're very welcome, sir. <clears throat> Vera, Cindy is going to send you the file's location. That is, if she finds anything. I'll keep a lookout. The Honorable Minister Henderson presiding. Thank you. I'd like to welcome all members of this here United Nations World Aerospace Commission, our cherished guests, and friends in the media. Over a week ago, 
a matter of grave importance has been brought to my attention. This matter concerns a recent situation that has taken place aboard one of our space stations and is the supposed cause of some subtle disturbances to vital equipment upon various places around the globe, as well as in space. This incident has propagated wide media attention as rumors are floating around it's here. that we have lost Great. control that should of the hold ship's them. operation. At least until I can figure out a way to handle this situation. The of becoming a global threat. I have assembled all of you here together in order to dispel these rumors openly and to reassure everyone that the recent anomalies that have taken place on board the station are under our control right now and poses no apparent danger to our planet whatsoever. I am aware that we have some information that would shed a little more truth regarding our present situation. Right here, Mr. Chairman. If you don't mind, Mr. Pillard, can you approach the bench and present these findings to our guests? <clears throat> As you can see on the wall projection, our space station is still intact and continues to operate undamaged to this day. The Spanish probe we seized shows that all human biosimulators indicate that the energy emissions emitted from the solar flare detectors collection assembly produces no harmful effects at all. You buying this act? <laughs> Sounds like a load of horse fertilizer to me. <laughs> and commence with the shutdown and removal of the energy transfer conjunction through an outside panel at its top, right here. This will keep any excess energy from feeding back through the collector's assembly above, right here. Mr. Pillard. Yes. If it is a solar flare detector, then why has it always remained within the vicinity of the Earth, and of all places, within the Earth's shadow? <clears throat> Since it is in its final construction phase, and contractors are still scheduled to work on its exterior, we did not want to expose any of the men to concentrated levels of solar radiation that would be entering through the collector assembly, especially since we have not had the opportunity to fully test it yet. Mr. Pillard, if it has never been fully operated, then why are there any energy bursts at all? Ah, yes. These energy bursts, as some have decided to call them, are nothing more than residual energy built up from short earlier test runs as we were checking for any possible safety issues. These emissions, as I prefer to call them, are the result of overspill from excessive energy still residing within the analysis module's core. Mr. Pillard, where is this funding coming from for this project? And who exactly were the contractors assigned to take on such an enormous task? Certainly, any surplus left over from our annual contributions could not possibly fund such an undertaking on so grand a scale as this. Various independent sponsors approached us about putting together the team to construct the station, and by unanimous vote, the project was approved for development where we ourselves sat as general contractor overseeing several specialized teams during the entire phase of its construction. Excuse me, Mr. Pillard. Yes. I'm hearing from various companies and institutions around the world who maintain some form of satellite in orbit within that vicinity say that during each time these energy bursts occur, every onboard chronometer has been dramatically affected in only one way. Their times were slowed down. As it shows here in reported data, 
The first occurrence lasted for a period of two and a half hours. The second event, three hours and 45 minutes. And the third, almost six hours. How would you explain these occurrences, Mr. Pillard? From my understanding, and from what I've been told, is that these emissions probably produce some sort of highly charged electromagnetic discharge, harmless to us humans, of course. And that is what's making the satellite's internal clocks momentarily stop. What I am hearing, Mr. Pillard, is that the time codes transmitted back to Earth all report that their internal chronometers were running, but at an unusually slow rate during the entire time these energy bursts were present. They are not stopping, Mr. Pillard. They are being slowed down. Now we cannot confirm that. We are still investigating those supposed reports, and none of them have proven to be correct so far. What? What was your name again? And who is this organization you are affiliated with? Matthew Muller, sir. Contributing writer with Science Outlook magazine. I have also heard word that Tentica Research Institute reports that two men were seen working on an open panel on the exterior hull of the space station when a much shorter burst occurred. Oddly, this additional energy burst at this particular time lasted for only 10 seconds, and the two men were never seen or heard from again. Can you explain this little incident to us, Mr. Pillard? Or could Mr. Strone here confirm this little piece of intel for us? L let me answer that. Since the panel was already open, the two men continued their work inside. He says yes. Tell them it is. Yeah, that's what happened. Hmm. I have no further questions, Mr. Pillard. What a load of crock. Let's see if Mr. Strone wants to talk. Senor Strone, a message has come to you from that reporter. There is? Yes, sir. What does it say? It says that he wishes to talk to you later. Huh. Tell him... okay. Yes. Alright, about time. Now we're getting someplace. Reply with a smiley face. There. She should get a kick out of that. <laughs> oh, that's cute. ...who felt that they wanted to contribute, and that is the cause for the current repairs scheduled, which will be carried out on board the space station. Uh, Mr. Pillard, you mentioned something about seizing the Spanish research probe. Can you clarify what you exactly meant by that? Well, the footage we acquired was intercepted from a secretly encrypted transmission sent to the Spanish government just prior to our confiscation of their probe. I assume they've forgotten that it is against commission regulations to approach any agency conducted experiments unless you have first received prior authorization for doing so and that you have taken the necessary steps to acquire the proper documentation stating your intent and purpose for being there, which certainly does apply to the members of this committee also. That is the reason we took control over their probe. That data was not transmitted in secret, and the probe's experiment are being conducted by a private institution, not our government. Encrypted files are a security precaution in case someone decides to intercept the probe's communications, which it seems was the case in this situation. Never mind the secretly covert transmission. Still, the act of approaching an agency-conducted experiment without prior authorization clearly violates this law. 
And I am sure you are very well aware of the Commission Operative Number 7, Mr. Strone, which clearly states that neither a member state nor any other organization may survey, observe, or collect any data from ongoing agency-conducted experiments without prior authorization. And the filed document that includes said vessel's intent for being within the vicinity, its destination and return path, how long it intends to carry out its mission, the identities of any crew members if present, and a detailed list of said vessel's onboard equipment and payload if present. <sighs> yeah, yeah, blah, blah. Excuse me, what was that? The institution's probe was measuring the effects of gravity activity between the Earth and Moon, and nothing else. While doing it visually and pointing its sensory receptors toward the space station? The optical sensor's only purpose at that point and time was for collision avoidance with the space station, which is why it was aimed in that direction. While filming for an entire six hours? It was processing internal data. The recording function itself may have been mistakenly left running. Mr. Strong, might I remind you that I am Director of Compliance and Safety and that your total violations as of this day clearly exceeds everyone's in this room right now, including China. And don't even let me begin with Chancellor Smith over there, whose violations clearly exceed four at this moment. He and his trillionaire buddies at this very moment are scouting out a 12-mile-wide asteroid from within the asteroid belt, talking about strapping engines onto it and placing it within an elliptical orbit alongside the Earth to create a mobile base? Why, we already have seven affiliates currently working on stripping apart the ones that could actually pose a threat to us, and he wants to tow something twice the size of Mount Everest near our planet? Dr. Smith, are you aware of the tidal effects that this could unleash on this planet? Not to mention the possibility of it colliding with us someday. Isn't the fact that you've already got three captured asteroids floating around out there enough? I've had enough of this. Mr. Pillard. Excuse me. Excuse me, Mr. Pillard. I read an article in Science Quarterly uh, on... Ah, excuse me back there. Is your bisync registered and cleared with security? Yes, I had it registered this morning. You should see my name on file listed uh, as... First of all, you are not wearing a press badge, so I am assuming you are a registered member with us. No, Mr. Pillard. I'm just an invited guest. Then I am guessing here that you want to address a complaint or something. No, not at all, sir. I just wanted to bring to your attention an article in Science Quarterly that addresses the proposed asteroid capture program Dr. Smith is currently undertaking. In the article, it states that the intended orbit of the object Dr. Smith wants to capture would be at a distance of 643,000 kilometers away, following the Earth. The gravity of such an asteroid as the one they intend to capture would be very weak, and at that distance would have no effect upon our planet at all. Neither would it have much, if any, effect on our moon. Excuse me, did I catch your name and your field of expertise? Order! Order, Mr. Pillard! The stating of violations is reserved for their individual scheduled hearings. Our matter here today only concerns the safety of this planet. Mr. Chairman, sir. This does concern the safety of our planet. As I said, Mr. Pillard, we are not here to discuss matters unrelated to the activities going on at the station, nor do we use this allotted time for the stating of violations. We will now return this discussion to the business at hand. Return to your seats. Now let us return our attention to the subject at hand.
I'd like to read off a list of items needed. And go Have you over received anything yet? No, sir. Cindy has not contacted me as of yet. Then is there any indication that they've discovered our probe observing the station? There is no indication of that occurrence taking place either. Notify Skyport Command and tell them to return our probe back to the lunar base. We'll do any further monitoring from there. Yes, sir. Encrypt the message, of course. <laughs> I will tell the Commission that it concerns a private family matter if they inquire about it. I understand. All of this brings us to a grand total of 861,000. 278,000 euros. That is for the total cost involved in the current repairs and upgrades to the station, collector assembly, and power storage units. As I mentioned, we have among us two specialists that were involved during the design stages of the space station, but were not present during the final construction phase. My guest speaker today is one of those two people and he has been involved with other similar typed projects. Similar? Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, he is one of the world's foremost experts in the field of physics, and he also sits on the board of two highly respected science organizations. Dr. Samuels, would you please come up and take the center floor? Yes, sir. Forgive me for escalating an argument earlier. No problem. Just state your name, your field of expertise, and your current affiliation with us. <clears throat> Good morning, everyone. My name is Dr. Benjamin Samuels. I am a physics professor at Cambridge University, and I am also a member of the university's science advisory board assigned to assist the commission whenever the need arises. I would now like to direct your attention towards the projected image to my right. As you can see within the diagram. You have just listened to the first episode of Intervention from the Sentient Chronicles series. I'm Maurice Young, director, producer, and editor. The crew and technical support for this show comes from Achiever Studios. Actors for this episode are categorized by their Fiverr.com handle from the website Fiverr. Find out more about the person behind the character. Go to MyMauriceYoung.com website, click on About the Show, then click on The Actors. If you were entertained by this show and would like to contribute to future episodes, then go to Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Go to the search box at the top and type in Sentient Chronicles to participate in our show's ongoing efforts. I want to thank you again for listening, and stay tuned for Episode 2, Assembly of the Crew.